Ready, Nick? Let's do it. All right, everybody, talk about it outdoors live in the Wilson studio. Hey, we like Dr. Dre. We're kicking it off into the 90s, episode 90, whatever it's going to be, and it's going to be a fun one, I promise you that. Tonight's guest comes to us with a storybook history, and he's got a lot of fun things coming for the future. I promise y'all going to want to hear this one. Pull up a chair and sit a while. After I heard that Super Bowl halftime uh, lineup that's coming out, Nick, I had to get that one in there, buddy. It was uh, he was bringing it all the way back old school to the hip hop days. Of- they bringing it back way back. <laughs> they rolling it in. Oh, like two thousand one, baby. It's gonna be fun. Well, tonight, buddy, I cannot wait to get this one underway. We've been trying to get it going for a while. It's a rainy day in Georgia, but it's a bright night in the Wilson studio. How the heck are you? What's been going on? I'm good, man. I, I I'm sorry you got a little bit deflated. On when we were talking to this guy before, right uh, out of the gate, I mean, your your hopes are so high on these big, you know, mature whitetails, and man, he just deflated you with his favorite passion. But we'll get into that later and see where it goes. Why is it that it, you know everybody we talk to? I think you're subliminally getting in their mind. They're listening to the show and they're like, "Alex hates turkey hunting. Nick loves it. I'm gonna talk to Nick. I like him better anyway." They may. They may. <laughs> Well, do you think that uh, do you think that he's going to bring the thunder like he does on all his videos? Oh, absolutely. Well, yep. I know after reading about the guy, you know, for what he's been able to do for the for the outdoors in Georgia and expanding beyond there, his storybook history has been a great one to read. Uh, he's been involved with a with a group that's became very popular in the hunting culture. Absolutely. But he's went out on his own, and I can't wait to hear him tell that story and where it's going. He's from down in uh, Thompson, Georgia, and uh, I think he lives said he lives in Madison now. And down there with the SWI guys, I mean, Mansville, right? Mansville was yeah, that it? Yeah. Mansville. Well, that, that that's where a grown man that's where a grown why, man kills big buck moose. Yeah, that's where that's why I'm, uh, Emmett likes being in that area. It's Mansville. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Thanks, so. he's a man. Without further ado, you know, uh, from Forty Six Ten Productions, uh, the big buck killer himself, Mr. J. Maxwell. Welcome to talk about it outdoors. Appreciate it, guys. Thank y'all for having me tonight. Look forward to it. Right off the rip, you got to understand that I cannot stand turkey hunting. I'm not a turkey hunter. It's not in my DNA to be a turkey hunter. But this guy sitting right here, you have made his night. All you had to say was turkey, and he is right off the rip. Your best, biggest fan <laughs> off the rip. <laughs> I'm glad he's sitting there because I'd probably end this podcast right now. If you, <laughs> you know, that's why the balance is here. You know, that's what it is. I, I, I'll hunt anything under the sun, but them turkeys just ain't, it's not in my DNA to do it. And I, I don't know why it just, it just don't appeal to me. It ain't going to be much longer. He's going to be making oh, yeah. that jump. I, I bet he's already got some stuff sitting in his car. Now let's not go getting too carried away right out of the gate. Jay. First and foremost, thanks for coming on and being with us. There's a lot of people that have watched you over the years and, and seen what you've been able to do. The predecessor to what you were doing at, at your current uh, endeavor, it, it can't go untouched that you're probably, you know, one of the biggest reasons for success with the Seek One brand and everything that you did with it. And we definitely want to get into that. But right off the rip, man, we want you to take us all the way back to where you got you start and, and hunting and, and who got you into it. Man, how much time y'all got? <laughs> we got all night, dog. You just lay it, lay it out there. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That's uh, you know, I'm I'm 42 years old right now, and I was born into a hunting uh, family and tradition and heritage that 
that goes back three or four generations, as far back as I could remember. Um, now, I personally have probably taken it to a new level for where I'm at now, but uh, my roots got started uh, back in Thompson, Georgia, where I was pretty much born and raised. And um, I was kind of the kid that was, you know, uh, you go to hunting camp, you, you build your wooden deer stands up in the trees and the oak trees with the two boards and you sit on them and put the wooden sheet rails up. I mean, you, I was sitting between my dad's legs, at, you know, two years old, eating a little packet of raisins, you know, watching, watching for deer, uh, uh, you know, turkey hunting. I mean, I, I got a picture of me dragging my very first turkey at three years old through a pecan orchard with my dad, my uncle in tow. I mean, I, I, I was lucky enough to, have that and to have that generation my grandpas i didn't get to know them very well they passed when i was really young but uh between my uncle and my dad and and i had another uncle that was involved in it pretty heavily uh, i could only better myself sitting between them or i wasn't gonna kill or catch anything so uh and that that you know i can remember going to the dove field and you know i killed my first dove when i was five years old and I shot, I ended up killing that dove with a Daisy BB gun. Back then, you know, little young kids, you just didn't, you, you didn't shoot shotguns and stuff until you got a little bit older. But uh, I was always harping on that. But, you know, I started with that 410 when I was six years old and seven years old. It was knocking me on my butt a few times. But, uh, but I can remember sitting between them two men. And let me tell you, uh, I was real lucky to have a bird even fly nowhere near me. So I needed to make sure I made that one shot count with that single shot. And uh, it, it taught me. It taught me a whole lot. But uh, so yeah, my, my my heritage goes. I mean, it my hunting it, it goes way back uh, into those Thompson roots in the in the early '80s. Um, I killed my first deer in '86, uh, sitting between my dad's legs, two six pointers locked up, 150 yards, and uh, 270 on his shoulder. I'm leaned over it in the, in that. I remember it was old three by nine Redfield, old kind of like an oval shaped uh, yeah. end on. If you ever seen one on or not, but um, he killed his first deer with that gun, and I killed my first deer with it, six pointer, and and it just, you know, I don't know. I I was talking with a friend of mine last night, and some people are some people are just born with it, um, and it's a it's a knack that you get, you grow with, it's in your blood, and you you cannot remove it. It's on your brain twenty four hours, seven days a week. Um, I'm that way. I've got a, I got a 14 year old now and he likes to go out and he's, he's killed, you know, he's killed 20 deer. He's killed seven or eight with a bow. You know, he's killed some nice bucks. He's killed, you know, 10 turkeys and, you know, caught all kind of fish, but he is not going to beg me to go hunting or fishing, you know, anytime. It's uh, it's always me trying to get into his ear. Hey man, you want to slip out this afternoon or something? And it just, for me as a kid, it wasn't that way. I mean, dude, I was, nine years old in the third grade and i'd ride that school bus and we have a long driveway probably about 200 yards long and old gravel gravel dirt drive you know gravel and dirt driveway with a horse fence running all the way down it and uh every day i'd have that bb gun propped up at the end of that driveway down there behind that old sweet gum tree and i'd get that bb gun when i get i'd shoot all the way down the driveway going to the school bus and when i got off the school bus my mom would be blistering my tail i mean i could come in at dark and I'd have a, a pocket full of BBs in my left pocket and a pocket full of 177 caliber pellets in the right pocket. <laughs> and I believe at that time, in my in my little old eight, nine-year-old self, I created a shotgun out of that pellet gun. It was the craziest thing you ever seen. But, uh, man, that was – I just eat, sleep, and breathe it. Um, 
and you know killing my first deer at you know six years old and killed my first deer with a bow at 12 and um i mean i don't even i couldn't even count the number right now the only number i know i've killed right now turkeys i killed 40 with a bow <laughs> and i don't know beyond that i have no idea what any numbers are of anything i got i wish i knew i'm gonna ask god one day when i get up there that's a pretty that's a pretty impressive number that we hadn't heard before you know taking 40 turkeys with a bow that's a that's a compliment in itself to yourself yeah what made you want to start bow hunting them jay you know uh, I, i was 17 years old when i killed my first one with a bow and prior to 17 years old i don't know how many birds i killed but i had done it about every which way possible and i i had I was trying to perfect myself and I, I told buddy of mine that was a, a huge bow hunter, my, my good buddy Kevin Watkins in uh in Augusta that I grew up with. He uh he's he's a killer. And there and when I say killer, you guys know there's a difference between a killer and a hunter. But Kevin and I just kind of hit it off together and we we hunted and we killed and um we uh I just told him, I was like, Man, I've got to do something, I gotta change it up. I wanna do something different. And we had perfected our turkey guns to a T at that time. You know, is it, you know, every year they come out with something new, and we were always just trying to gain that one extra pellet, or that two extra pellets in his head at forty yards. And at that time, I was just I was killing most everything I chased. And I was like, I told Kevin, I was like, dude, I'm taking the boat. I was 17 years old, and I won't never forget the day that I killed him because Kevin was driving his work van, and uh, we had some birds that were in a little. It was kind of like a growed up field, but it had some clover in it next to a man that I had permission to bass fish his pond. And he told me a turkey hunt there. Well, a bunch of birds were showing up and we came by there and there was two, two or three jakes and a hen and they were strutting on the edge of that little old field. And I called Kevin and I said, dude, you got to drop me off right there. I was like, get, he's like, I'm in the van. I was like, well, get the van and come on. So he came out there in an old blue van and he dropped me off and I made a little circle around. And I, I ended up calling those three jakes right in there, and I shot one of them about 10 yards. And I had no blind, just behind, no decoy, no nothing. But uh, that just kind of lit a little fire under me. And I'd already been a big bow hunter anyway and loved killing deer since I was, you know, 11, 12 years old with a bow. And um, to kill a turkey, man, that was cool. Because a lot of people didn't do that back then. I mean, a few people did, but not a whole lot. And, you know, growing up in the 80s, you know, you don't, you didn't really get to uh, see a lot of hunts from people until Will Primos and Jolly and Cuz and, you know, the crowd came on and started putting it on. And those guys were my heroes. I mean, if you'd asked me any time growing up in my childhood, like, dude, who, you know, who, who's your favorite person? Man, it was Will Primos and, and Ronnie Cuz Strickland and out, you know, and then Dave and Harold Knight and they came along and these videos they're producing and, I was just, I, I, I still got them. They're all downstairs in the basement right now. I got every single VHS tape that was made in the hunt. And I watched every one of them. And I watched, I, I was passionate about it. And uh, I just, I, I wanted to be like them. And, you know, a couple of them guys had killed some with a bow. And uh, that's, that's what I did. So I, I bow hunted. All them, and that, that really lit a fire doing that. All them VHSs, we got we got Cuz on, and he told us about uh, recording them in that backpack weighing about 80 pounds and batteries strapped around him. He had a recorder on his back. We heard that story. It made me a, a fan, because I, I never really knew who Cuz Strickland was, but I'll tell you what, watching him tell his story, 
the way that he did, man, it was it, it, it make you it'll make you passionate about anything. I mean, he told a story that night that that really lit a fire under us to realize we got it made with these cameras and stuff we're using now. I'm talking about made because it is so much easier than what they had to go through, and they were pioneers in the craft. I mean, of outdoor television, it was it was unreal story to hear him tell. It was. Have you taken uh, any, Have you taken a um, turkey with a traditional archery? Man, I have not. As crazy as that is for me to hear, I have not done that. And you, you hearing you say that is almost embarrassing for me. But that is something I, I picked it up last year and I shot it a good bit. There's no doubt in my mind, 100%, I can do it because the, uh, you know, I, I push myself with turkeys pretty hard, and um, I push myself to kill them out of a blind. I, I push them, you know, with a bow, and I, I like to, I like to kill. I don't care how you kill a turkey, by the way. I'm gonna clarify that. Um, just being there and experiencing the whole aspect of the whole entire hunt from start to finish. Oh, hang on a second. Yeah, start to finish with the amount of the people and the camaraderie that you have. I don't care how you kill a turkey. You can shoot it with a four ten, or you can shoot it with a ten gauge, or you can shoot it with a bow. It doesn't matter. Um, that is, uh, I don't know, man. Um, I'm going to do it, and it may be this year. Um, I've killed, I don't know, probably, I don't know, I'd have to guess. I don't know, 15 of those birds inside 10 yards. And I've shot, I've shot probably three of my bow, not even using the sights. I mean, that close, just point blank range right in your face. And that's kind of adrenaline that, that I, I love. I just love that. I hope I get captured this year now with 4610 and, and where I'm at. And, you know, I, I hope you guys get to see some of that because I'm on, I'm going to make it exciting regardless. How, how about a, how about, sorry, how about a flintlock? <laughs> you know what uh not a flintlock but a 209 percussion cap and a muzzle loading shotgun yes sir yeah. absolutely we had a guy on here and um he's actually going to be at the nwtf and he um he's going on the turkey slam with a flintlock he's got everything booked out for unreal i yeah. mean yeah that's <laughs> yeah. rp there's that's, your plug for the night buddy yeah. Yeah. i mean you just you just don't hear you don't hear stuff like that he better keep the bead on his head. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right there. <laughs> oh, he's a he's a great friend of ours. Become somebody that we fell in fell into a great partnership and relationship with, and in, in RP Scritchfield, and we can't wait to cheer him on as he starts that journey. So, you know, hearing you say that stuff, Jay, and and talk so passionately about turkeys, it's it's kind of probably going to be surprising to a lot of people that see the videos and stuff that you've done. And I think that's something you made mention of with 4610. You're going to be able to put more of a passion into, and you can really capture that turkey side of yourself and put that out there for people to be able to see. But I will say you are probably one of the first people that I've seen filming wear that GoPro on your head like that, that video that you dropped out this year. That was a great angle and cool as could be, and most people are putting them on their bows or their gun or anything else. But that was pretty neat to see. What made you come up with that idea? Man, you know, um, you know, I, I've been with Sick One for six years, and it's nice because I've always had Drew or Lee or you know, a cameraman over my shoulder, like pretty much filming everything I do. And we use a little bit of GoPro stuff, but just kind of a second angle, like getting you to draw the bow back, and whatnot. And I'm, you know, I got to thinking, and I did my first, I think the first couple hunts I filmed this year, I had me a, I actually used an Ozonics um, tree holder, and I put a GoPro in it. And I locked it on the side of the tree, and I was like, okay, you know, just imagine what people see, right? 
And I'm like, they're going to watch me draw my bow back. And this is like the everyday thing. I was like, this is ridiculous. I was like, if I could just run a camera and put it on my head and get the whole picture of me picking my bow up and picking it up. And then you can see the deer and you see everything action. You're not necessarily watching me from a different angle, but you're watching exactly what I'm doing. And I just thought it was cool. Um, I did have to figure out a little bit that you did have to kind of sit a little bit sideways because you tilt your head just a little bit, you know. <laughs> but uh, I played around with it, and I, you know, I, I shot targets out in the yard with it, and I was like, "Man, this is gonna be cool." I, who wouldn't? And you know, it's funny because I said the same thing. I was like, "Why have I not seen this before?" Yeah. And then, I, but whatever. I tell you what, uh, you'll see another video that I've got. Um, we're dropping. If I had him going to work on it as soon as I leave, you guys. But we got a duck hunting episode that I'm about to drop from Kansas. And I don't know if you any guys like duck hunting, but I wore that same GoPro on my head for the duck hunt. And that was some of the most exciting. Play. It might be the most boring episode you guys have ever seen. But I I love, I couldn't get up from the table one night just watching the footage of my own self shooting these ducks out of there. I'm like, oh, oh here they come, here they come, here they come. Am I, am I going to this one or not? And the gun comes up. It's, it's a cool angle, man. You, you'll like it. It's going to be cool. I, that was one of the first things I noticed that day. You were getting ready, and you're yeah. strapping that GoPro, and I was like, "What? what's he doing? And I, I've, I've thought about that through the eyes of Jay Maxwell. That's <laughs> that's going to be the key thing. you got to, you got to coin that now. you got to put that out there. You need right. to title that episode or one of these episodes, Through the Eyes of Jay Maxwell. <laughs> the ducks will fall. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, like, like you know, the, the way the continuation has been and the way that you've developed over the last six years – the burning question in everybody's mind is why forty six ten in the name, but more so, why did you leave Seek One? You know, what was the was there a bad yeah. blood or some bad relationship there? You know, I mean, that's I get asked all the time. You yeah. know, you know, Jay's gone from there now, so uh, we want to know, and I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening that want to know. Believe me, when you get asked that, um, at times that by a hundred on my end, I'm so, sure <laughs> I've got that. Yeah, and. That is actually something that I'm hoping to address here very shortly in, in an episode. And, um, and most likely I'm going to do that with Lee and Drew. Um, but I will, uh, you know, that'll be in an episode, maybe a turkey episode coming up or something. We're going to talk about it. But uh, absolutely no bad blood at all. Um, I love my boys. They are, um, we, we have grown together. I mean, I met these boys when they were in high school. And I've watched them grow and turn into some excellent hunters, obviously. I mean, they, they, they're really good at what they do now. And um, I'm proud of them. Um, but I was, I was with them, and I don't know, what, five, six years? I don't even know what it was, five and a half years or so. We did this together with Seek One. And <clears throat> really, man, it's hard for me because – as a child watching Will Wilbur and, and, and Ronnie and Co. I mean, there's so many people I can name that I used to watch as a kid. It's something that I, I had always wanted to do is to have my own deal. And I didn't, I didn't ever think, honestly, I thought the dream was fading away before Lee and Drew decided that they would start this. And then they asked me to join them. And I, I jumped all over it because, you know, it, I mean, you see what, what it turned into, but, um, I think it was just a dream that I had to start with. And it was something that I always want to do. I sat down, uh, at an interview one time with Will Primos in his office and I was interviewing for the truth. I finally got the interview and spoke with Will and he is a super intelligent man. I love him to death. We've been friends ever since this is 20 years ago. And, um, 
And he gave me a lot of good advice. And I ended up going into marketing and selling hunting products at the time instead of working for him um, for money and, you know, whatever else. But that was still just on the, you know, it was always etching on the back of my brain. Like, this is what I want to do. That's what I want to do. So I've also been a full-time guide. So I, I love I love people. I love the interaction. I love watching the smiling faces and what can I do to help you and, you know, and teach people. So with, with seek one with Lee and drew drew, I don't know anything about cameras and stuff. Never. I still don't. I'm terrible. Actually. Um, look, I'm the country boy that just likes to go hunt and fish and kill stuff. I figure out how to make it happen in the woods, but drew is literally, he is literally, the man when it comes to production and quality and video and, and his brain is amazing. So I kind of fed off of him and he fed off of me and, and, and Lee was right there the whole time, passionate about it all and Kendall. And, you know, we, we built a brotherhood that will never be erased. The memories that we have, um, I'll have it forever. So I'm very thankful for that. But now, you know, I'm married, you know, 15 years, I've got two kids. Um, that's something that Lee and Drew, Drew just got married last year. Um, Lee's still not married. Um, I'm, I don't know if he ever will get married, but he's, uh, he's working on it. But, uh, you know, it's different when you throw that aspect into it. And, you know, these guys are gone all the time on these trips and doing, you know, and, 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 and you know, I'm on their show with them doing, you know, as they want to go. And it was difficult for me with my wife and my kids and, not only that, but dude, I've, I've been a full-time football coach for seven years. And, you know, my son was a freshman this year to high school and I totally was not expecting to coach high school football at all. Nothing, nothing to do with it. I was just going to get in the bleachers and watch. I went to one practice. I sat on the bleachers and I sat there and I was there for no more than five minutes and I was tapping my feet and I was looking around and I was, there's a kid over here doing not what he's supposed to do. Another kid over here doing, and I was like, Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go ask. So I will hear go walking out on the field and the head coach, you know, and I'm like, you know, coach, uh, I'm not a very good sideline parent at all. I was like, could I help? Oh, Jay, we would love to have you in here. <laughs> well, all right, here we go again, you know. So full time football coach again, assistant coach, and um, that time, you know, that time with your kids, and I don't know if all you guys have kids, but you'll you'll never get it back. And you have to take advantage of it while you can. And um, I have family is super important to me. So going and doing all the trips on a different time schedule and when I can't go or when I, you know, it's, it's, it was very hectic. So I felt the calling and I've had this for, for a couple of years now, actually, that God has really just called me to do it on my own and make my own path and make my own way. And um, I feel like um by doing that, I can, I can teach more better. I can be more myself now. I can go when I can, you know, film what I want. If I want to film my kids hunting or other kids hunting or, you know, go with you guys and hunt, uh, I can post that episode. And for seek one, it wasn't so much that. Um, and I wanted that, I wanted that camaraderie and I wanted all my friends and family to be involved. And with Lee and Drew, I was kind of tapped on that. And, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of what I'm gonna talk hit on when when we do get together and do a little collab maybe and talk about it. That's that's where it's gonna go. So great um, answer, and that's you know 
most likely what people that that have watched you over the years could could gather you know you your family passion has always been exuded in everything you do you know every episode you've put out you call your wife when you hammer one you know you're putting it out there and letting letting those conversations be heard and i think that's kind of circles back to what we talk about a lot you know with the loss of the hunting camp scene, the loss of the, you know, the thought process that goes into going to camp and hanging out around a campfire or whatever. And that's something, you know, we've touched on many times with a lot of folks. And it's just something that to hear a guy that's in the limelight like yourself is in the hunting industry to be able to discuss and openly say, hey, let's get back to the roots. Let's get back to those bases of, of where we all started at hunting camps and everything else. It's, it's good to hear you say because – I can promise you, us Georgia boys, we're we're just north, we're just a couple boys up here in North Georgia, but we're cheering out, cheering y'all wherever we can. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Hey, Jay, being from Middle Georgia, do you miss? Do you still get to go out and camp and stuff like you used to back in the eighties, or is that kind of lost for you now? No, and unfortunately, that's lost for uh, a lot of people these days. Uh, nobody gets to, to do it like we did it. I mean, you talking about going down there and you know with the uh, uncles and the grandpas and the, you know, and those in the, in, you know, hunting out of those wooden stands and just watch, you know, I don't know, man. It's just, I don't think uh, just so much has changed. Those are different and, times, I mean, man. I mean, the fact that I'm sitting here looking at you guys on a smartphone right now, you know, that tells you a lot <laughs> right there. Um, the, those, those times have changed and they're gone. Um, catching those big old teddy brim in that pond and, you know, and, and looking for a six pointer to tear you slap up. <laughs> yeah. so, it, not what it used to be um i still try to push that on people though you know um you know trying to get out there and, and do that but you know that's something as a kid that i wanted to do too you know i wanted to be in that pond and catching the minnows and you know and playing around and going deer hunting in the afternoons and like my kids are my kids are different you know and i tried to push that at first on my my kids my, i mean Jaden killed his first deer when he's five years old I mean, way earlier than me. And that's because I was so passionate about it. I want to see him succeed and do it. So I got him all set up and, you know, he killed a three-pointer and he was excited about it and fun. But I honestly, I think I just pushed both of them too hard, mainly Jaden, and pushed him. I don't know if I pushed him out of it or he just didn't. It's just not his thing. Um, Jaden would much rather get on a dirt bike and take off down the dirt road and, you know, go jump jumps and stuff. And that's something that I never did. And it's, that was hard for me as a dad to uh, accept. But uh, now, you know, especially in, in my shoes, I mean, I'm like <laughs> pretty much if he wants to go anywhere, or do anything with me in the hunting and fishing world, it's at his fingertips. And, and the fact that he, <laughs> he doesn't care a whole lot about it, I'm like, man, what is wrong with you? But <laughs> he's, my, he's my boy and he's making his own path and I'm proud of him. So. It's kind of like goes back to what um, what Matt Drury told us. You know, uh, he he said his whole life, cameras, hunting, fishing, the outdoors was pushed on him, pushed on him, pushed on him, and it drove him out of it. And there's a yep. lesson, just like what you said there, for anyone listening. It doesn't matter if it's hunting, but it could be sports. It could be anything. Those passions that we have, we got to be careful as parents not to push them too hard because, like you said, it can kind of make it where it's too much on them, and you're you're yeah. realizing that just like I have. You want to let them kind of build their own pathway because at the end of the day, they're going to pick what's best for them 
we just got to be the example and, and make it. And they'll he'll look on it one day. He's gonna say, "Me and Dad's going hunting." He's a teenager. We was all there one day. I know my my dad told me he was gonna be the stupidest sob that I had ever met in my life when I turned thirteen year old. And I'm like, "Oh no, Dad, I love you. You know, you're my best friend." A year later, he was the stupidest <laughs> sob I'd ever met in my life. Couldn't tell me nothing, but. Now me and my dad got the best relationship in the world. We still hunt and fish and everything together. And that's, I think it comes full circle for us all. And I think that's something you look on and say, yeah, now we get to do it together because it's what we want to do. Yeah. And I've backed, and I've totally backed off on him. Uh, I, I let him come to me now when he wants to go. And, uh, and that has happened. Uh, this, like this duck hunting adventure, you know, we, uh, I started doing this last year and I used to be a really big duck hunter and, well, you can't really be a big duck hunter in Georgia, but you know what I mean? Right. I've stomped bumps and all that, but I, I, I have been to Tennessee and Arkansas and done all the stuff. And that was kind of like a, a one trip a year with my dad. And I started as a kid and hunting in these big blinds with eight or 10 people and you cook breakfast and you got your couch in there you can lay down on and all, you know, that's fun. And um, in Georgia, you know, lake hunting was used to be really awesome um probably before duck dynasty started coming on i guess because i think that's when everybody and their brother thought they had to have a boat and run across the lake at 100 miles an hour and get to the get to their uh boat ramp at two o'clock in the morning but uh that that just kind of ruined it for me and for years i just quit duck hunting but i did take Jaden one time and he actually he came he got done with the hunt and he's like dad that was i i really like that i like duck hunting and i was like all right dude so last year is crazy um about November, no, it was earlier. It was probably October. And, you know, I knew he was kind of getting out of the hunting thing. And I'm like, what can I do? What can I do for him that he would enjoy doing something with me? And it was, I said, hey, you want to go out of state duck hunting? Just me and you. Nobody else, just me and you. And he was like, yeah, I'd love that. And I was like, all right, let's figure it out. So I went and, man, I got on Marketplace and started looking around. And I found me a 1548 G3 boat with a 25 horse motor on the back. And I saved up my money and I bought it and we rigged that thing up and man, it, it wasn't my first radio with hunting. So with duck hunting. So I knew all the tools, tactics, everything, the good calls. I knew everything I needed to have to prepare us perfectly right for where we were going. And I did my research and I picked a, a state in the Midwest. We literally got in the truck from my daughter's horse show last year. The, let's see, the Saturday before Thanksgiving. We got the boat hooked up, got on the interstate, and for the first 30 miles, I had no idea what state we were going to. All I knew is me and him are in the truck, and we're going duck hunting, and we're going, we going to kill something. Something will die on this trip. Actually, we had the 6.5 <laughs> creep more in there, too, because all these states I'm going through, you know, I ended up buying him a, uh, we picked a Midwestern state, but we went through Missouri to get there, and I ended up buying, I don't know how much that license was, but I bought him a youth, youth tag going through and we we stopped the boat and put it in missouri and deer hunted i went into a couple of coves there and got i mean i'm a i'm a very aggressive hunter deer hunting and turkey hunting and um i got in those coves and jumped out of the boat with him with that six five creedmoor and i was like the first eight uh, first hundred inch eight pointer to come through we were smoking <laughs> you know I'm, I'm i just wanted him to have fun yeah and i to be action-packed i didn't want this boring sitting there you know so i got in there and i tear them trees up and grunting roaring snort wheezing just tearing stuff up and i mean the thing the biggest thing we saw was a four-pointer i swear if he'd have killed him i'd have been just tickled to death but <laughs> he 
he's unfortunately been in my basement too many times just looked at the wall and that's <laughs> that's about ruining him i'm not gonna lie that that about ruined him but um but we left from there and went on to where we were going we ended up going to kansas i ain't know it's not a secret but uh we went to kansas and hunted some public land and we absolutely slaughtered the ducks and it was a father-son trip and it was a wing it i don't even know how long we're staying i mean I, we didn't know and we had a ball so we had so much fun that my dad was extremely jealous and my, my dad's 72 now so it's gonna be 73 and he was and he's he used to love duck hunting too and he's like oh, oh can we go back can we go back he's like as soon as y'all get back home and i was like there's no way my wife is letting me do this again <laughs> you know so uh Somehow, by the grace of God, I talked her into it. And we ended up going back January 1st and took dad with us and we slaughtered him again. And it was just amazing. So we got to do a, you know, three generational hunt. It was awesome. Uh, the three of us really bonded and got to spend some time together. And coming back from that trip, we were like, this is going to be an every year thing, you know, and it may be until my dad's gone. I don't, I don't know, but it's a, it's a thing. So we did it again this year, twice again, somehow. Uh, my wife is getting better and better, by the way. You, <laughs> the longer you stay married, the more they start to understand, I think. so. Um, I think they give up. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. her case is probably she didn't give up. <laughs> Said, I ain't even going to try anymore. I can stay and live with this or I can go find somebody else to put up with. <laughs> yep. Uh-oh. Yep. Jay, Jay, do you think there's a need for – more youtube videos or content out there to get people outdoors like that that's that's not just shooting 130 140 150 inch deer because those deer are not around every corner and they and they can get themselves burnt out being real young nowadays um do you think do you think there's a need for that just basic content with shooting a doe shooting a spike i'm not saying shoot everything you see but just bringing it back to the the, back in the 80s and the early 90s, the way we grew up and the way you grew up? Uh, 100%. I believe there's a need for it. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Um, social media has pretty much ruined that. And I, I hate to say that, but it has, it, has, it has just about ruined it. I mean, it's no different than, unfortunately, it's no different than my son walking out of my basement right now looking up on the wall and there's, you know, there's, 20 well there's there's 20 pope and young's mounted mounted down there and these african animals and this big old elk and whatnot so when he goes hunting with me now i mean he did it last year we were sitting in the stand right here by the house rifle stand sitting there together and uh had this 115 inch eight pointer come through this bottom he was breathing man it was i mean it was cold that morning it was i mean uh steam coming out of his mouth and man i was fired up and i was like oh because Jaden doesn't, he doesn't hunt with me a whole lot, you know. So for something like that to happen, and a deer was going the wrong way, well, you know, first thing my first thought is, I'm gonna call this joker right back to us. Got my calls out, boom. I mean, I put him in our lap, and he's got that 6.5 creep more, and it's right on his shoulder, and he's like 50 yards, and he's like, no, it's not for me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I would have, dude, I would have drowned for that deer when I was a kid, you know. And he just, he's like, no, nah, just, just that's. That's not what I'm looking for. You know, he's looking for a, a giant. And I'm scared that him seeing me where I'm at and what I've done, you know, has put him in that situation. But what he, what Jaden doesn't see when he goes downstairs in my basement is that rack tree of 40 racks on there that are, you know, six-pointers through eight-pointers that I grew up on. And I don't even know where all the spikes and four-pointers and all that stuff that I hacked off and carved out the hair perfect. And, I mean, I – Dude, I took them things to college with me when I went. And <laughs> he, 
you know, I, I, so unfortunately, um, I, I'm not sure that I, I would love it more than anything in this world. I would love for people to just go back and get in those wooden built stands and, you know, not sit in a big redneck blind. And I mean, sit there and do it rough and raw. And when you see horns, man, you get the crosshairs up, you put it on, you pull the trigger and you don't worry about how many inches he is or how old he is and all this mess. I don't, I, you know, I try not to get caught up in it. Um, Lee and Drew are up there, man. They are killing some absolute giants. I mean, Lee Ellis is a giant finder. He's a magnet. It's what he does. He sleeps and breathes it. He spends every waking moment trying to find, you know, that 160, 70, 80, 100, 200 inch deer. And um, I'm just, I don't, well, first of all, I don't have that much time. Uh, <laughs> and I, I have kids, you know, so, but I just, I go and I hunt places that I know have nice deer. Um, and that goes back to Thompson, Georgia. If anybody listening right now looks up Thompson, Georgia on the map, you'll see it's in McDuffie County. And you go to the record book in McDuffie County and start looking. If you want to just look at some numbers, there's numbers in there. I, I believe that my dad and I are still in the top 10 with 102, 101, and 107 inch whitetail with a boat. And I remember killing, I remember killing that, that 102. And I think it was in 97. Was it the year I graduated high school and I went to Abraham Ball and Agricultural College in South Georgia? And I killed that deer in September on opening day of bow season. That deer is 102 and 5 8. And that set my world on fire. I mean, I had just killed a monarch, basically. I mean, where I grew up or where my friends were doing or anything like that. I just killed a giant. And it wasn't easy to kill that deer, but I killed him, put him in the back of the truck. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we rode around for. Well, yeah, pretty much, pretty much two days. <laughs> it, was, it, it was a lot of bags of ice to keep him cool, but it's you, funny, man. We, we, we would cruise, you know, and, and Thompson is just, it's just a little bitty town, man. I ain't many right. people there. And you, you ride down to the McDonald's and you cruise around that and you ride to the other end of town, you ride around the Sonic and you come back and you done made your, your lap. And after you make that lap about 10 times, you've seen eh, just about everybody in the town. So, you know, with the tailgate down and I, I won't never forget that night pulling up. We, we went and celebrated. We went to a Mexican restaurant that night and celebrated <laughs> me killing that deer. Because, I mean, none of us had ever killed a deer like that. Right. And With a bow, you know. And uh, I remember us celebrating. We came out there, and I was in my my uh, brother-in-law's truck at the time. And, and, you know, back then, you know, people still jacked their trucks up now. But we were in this big old jacked-up Silverado. Had that tailgate down, man. I was on cloud nine. He was letting me drive it, too. Man, I was I was just – it was, it was the best day ever. And I remember driving up to Happy Valley. Happy Valley's about, I don't know, it's about 12 miles outside of Thompson. That's where my deer processing was, you know. I remember pulling up in there, and I remember backing up, man. I was, dude, I, my head was swollen out the truck. I mean, I was, I got out, old chest off. I mean, I was like, you couldn't tell me nothing, buddy. I come out, and I was walking back to the back back there, and the, I saw the, the processing guy. He opened up the door, and, I, you know, I remember a funny-looking you know, face that he made. And I walked around. My dang deer's gone. Gone. Oh, out of the back I mean, of the truck. Like, you know what? So, man, we jumped back in that truck. We went down there. I had thrown that sucker out down the road about two and a half miles. Like, no yell line on the road. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yep. Skin up his dang where he, you could tell I was running when he fell out the back of the truck. He skidded across the concrete. I still got that rack and his skin up on one side right there where it went across the asphalt. Holy crap. Scared me. Uh. <laughs> do you think that that's, do you think 4610 might 
maybe produce some of that content that may get the young hunters back in involved in this and not just seek those 150s or greater or yeah, absolutely. And I'm and I will be talking about that a lot more. And I've already kind of talked about it a little bit. And I don't know I don't know if you guys know, but I have included a uh, viewer segment on the end of all my shows. That's where Eric, um, Eric Richards' uh, daughter was on the end yeah. of one of your shows. Yeah, she was. Wasn't that expression she gave? Yeah. Wasn't that something? And that's what I live for right there. I yeah. mean, what man, that uh, Kinsley, I think or Ken, yeah, Kinsey, I think is her name. Yeah, that was just amazing. Yeah. But um but yeah, that's uh, that's something I want to uh, I want to instill in everybody. It has nothing, you know, this age and horns, and, and we already got enough of that mess already going on. Um, and I, I would say to anybody listening too that, you know, if you have a child and, and you want to get him in the woods, because I know there's an awful lot of new dads out there that's got kids and boys, and they can't wait to get them boys out in the woods. Uh, man, you let them kids do what they want to do. You, you know, you don't ever hold them back. Don't tell them he ain't big enough. Don't tell them he ain't old enough. You let them, you let them go, go to town on them. Uh, Jaden's first year, I told you, killed him when he's five years old. And I was guiding at a hunting plantation out of Madison, Georgia called Burnt Pine Plantation. And of course I had rights to be able to hunt some of that on there, uh, especially with my kids. And that afternoon we were sitting on a big old turnip field that I'd planted. And there was several deer in the field, but this three pointer had come out on the back of it. And we were watching him and man, I'm talking about, I'm sitting in a chair with a pillow with him sitting on top of the pillow in my lap with this little 300 blackout that he I had done bought for him. And he was, he had been shooting me good five years old, man. I mean, on his shoulder and everything, you just pulled a hammer back and let it rip. And this deer's at a hundred yards. And I will never forget. It took probably 30 minutes for him to, for, well, actually for me to settle down so he could hold the crosshairs on the dang deer. But I remember a solid, 110 110 to 120 inch eight pointer nine pointer coming out behind him making a scrape and all that and i mean the whole time i never said a word i just you know you don't i, I just I, it was too big of a deer for him to kill first of all i mean you don't you know i didn't want him to start right there yeah. so but uh, he made a 105 yard shot and dropped that deer man and we went down there and you know we it was a little bonding moment man we got in there and we prayed over that deer and thanked the lord for him and just you know uh, what the rest of our life might bring and, uh it was just amazing but i wish i wish and i hope that anybody listening does the same thing and just keeps that real and do that hunting camp catch some big old brim and let them catch some minnows and chase frogs and shoot does and button bucks and whatever else <laughs> uh my my daughter's first year man first year seven years old it's a button buck guess where he's at on the wall upstairs in her room i nice. mean you know who mounts a button buck i do <laughs> oh. i put that I, I mounted that deer for her and gave it to her for christmas and i put him in a boot box that's how small he is uh, they wrapped him up in a boot box she had no idea alex you know where the name came from 4610 i don't i'm curious on 4610 and where it came from yep 4610 man um uh, so back in uh during seek one and uh, I don't know what episodes you're in, but I've talked about it multiple times. In fact, uh, I think a couple of us may have talked about it a little bit, but you know, it was big on me that we get so wrapped up in worldly things that's going on, uh, the, the hustle and bustle of life and just moving too fast, not slowing down. And, you know, for us as outdoorsmen, um, we're lucky 
because we get to get to the woods and, and sit down and, uh, and be still. So, um, with during seek one, I talked about, you know, guys, slow down, be still, you know, put, put everything on a back burner. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta treat yourself, you know, that way. And, uh, to, to be able to succeed and be able to help others. So, when I knew during the summertime that I was probably going to take this venture on myself, um, numerous, numerous names, of course, you, you know, you want to think of a cool name and something that's going to be, you know, flow and that other people are going to like, and, you know, and, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's got to be something really a cool logo and design, and, you know, and I got kind of hung up on that a little bit and it wasn't until one morning actually, I mean, we were, we were already like starting to work on an episode and I was, it was in November and I was sitting there and I, man, the sun was coming up and this, 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 I just had, I just passed a really big deer that came in on me and, uh, because I was there to hunt an actual giant that just happened to be in the area. And I was like, man, thank you, Lord. Thank you for just letting me be here and be still. And, you know, and I'm like, just to get away from the, and, and off in the distance when you're hunting in the suburban areas you can hear the hustle and the bustle and the, the horns and the sirens and the people and the arguing and the, all this, the dogs and all the blowers and everything going on. But it doesn't matter. It's just the fact that where I was in my, in my head right there. And so God calls us to be still. So in Psalm 46:10 in the Bible, it's God says, be still and know that I'm God. And I was thinking sitting in that tree, I was like, be still. I, I need to be still. 46 and I knew the verse, you know, and I was just 4610. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna name the show 4610. That's it. And it, it it may sound weird because it's numbers, but it's gonna be 4610. And it's gonna have this awesome meaning behind it because you know, to go to the woods to be still. First of all, you gotta be still um to, to hunt, to even to fish or whatever. And you also just need to be still and realize what he's put out there for us, what he's made for us look around at all the, you know, the streams and the creeks and the rivers and the valleys and the, you know, everything that we have. I mean, down to the little grasshopper. I mean, it's just be still. And, um, when I, when I thought about it, I mean, it was like a ton of, like a burden had been lifted off my back immediately. I was like, that's it. 100%. I don't know how I'm going to do the logo. I don't have a clue, but somehow we're going to make this 4610. And I called, uh, I called Ryan Lewis. Some of y'all know Ryan. Mm-hmm. And Ryan had already, uh, I had already talked to him at church about uh, helping me edit the show and, and do what I want to do. And I called him and told him, he's like, dude, that's perfect. Let's do it. So 4610 was born that morning on a beautiful sunrise, watching a uh, eight-year-old seven-pointer walk under me. And it was just, I, I, I couldn't ask for it any better. And it relates to much of my years growing up and sitting in the woods and watching that sun come up and being still. So, um, and I want everybody to, I want everybody that goes to the woods to sit down and just think for a minute. I just want them to be still and think about what God's done for us. And that's, uh, that's where I'm at. That's why I named it. That's, that's what it's going to be. And I'm going to push it. That's awesome. Pump your brakes. Yeah. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> that was awesome, man. That's, and that's exactly what, exactly the, the reason I think it's great that you did name it because we've talked about it a lot, you know, logos and names and things like that. It did exactly what you wanted it to do. It, it, it kind of invigorates conversation. You know, what is 4610? And it gives you an opportunity to almost share that psalm and and it gives somebody an opportunity that may have never even opened a Bible or had a relationship with God to maybe look at it in a different way. And 
So you're kind of you're you're doing you're doing the Lord's work in a whole different way by kind of invigorating that conversation that you can have with somebody. And you know we're we're very fortunate to, to, for that to I, I got cold chills saying so listen to yeah, it. Oh, that absolutely. was great, man! And thank you for sharing that because that that means a lot. You know, in this world that we live in, like you said. The hustle, the bustle, the wide open, and everything. Just be still. And sure. I've heard you say that many times. And I had heard you mention the forty six ten before on some of the shows, but I didn't know that's where it came from. So thanks for sharing that for sure. Yep, and it's it's, it's crazy because you know um, I've, I've been in church my whole life, and you know I've been in a lot of men's groups, and you know there's a lot of very 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 talented guys out there that I've, I've listened to lead groups and they pray and they're just amazing people and leaders of Christ. And, um, I, I've always sat, you know, a lot of times I'll be sitting in church by my wife and it just bothers me because I want to, I always wanted to give back somehow. Like, how can Jay give back? What do I have? Well, I can't sing a dang note. I couldn't sing old McDonald had a farm. And, you know, uh, I, I'm not, I, I'm not the best at, at praying over people, even though I do, you know, God hears us. Don't care how, what, what you sound like, you know, but I, what can I do to give back? And I, I really just, it weighed on my heart for a long time that it's going to be through this. This is, this is my platform. This is what I was born and raised to do. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of hurting people out there, man. And, um, and I want to be able to pray for every one of them. Um, because there's, there's not, I mean, I even, even myself, I mean, guys, I don't live a perfect life. I got a beautiful wife and two kids. And let me tell you, it is, it is, it is a challenging, challenging life. And especially now uh, with how fast paced things are. So yes, be still is super important right now. Jay, um, what would be the perfect day in the woods for you? Uh, seven o'clock sunrise, probably with my dad sitting right next to me, you know, Listen to a big old bird gobble down on the bottom. Oh, oh there we go. <laughs> <laughs> had to do it. Oh. Had to do it. <laughs> oh, um, what is a piece of advice you would give a new hunter? Um, new hunters, I, 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 I would say definitely don't try to um, grow too quick. Um, start small. Start at the bottom of the totem pole and work your way up. Um, look. <laughs> Guys, if any, anybody's on here listening to this, hey, you can reach out to me, and I'll do everything I can in my power to help you. I try to reach everybody I can. Sometimes I can't answer all these messages and texts and stuff, but I'll take you, I'm sure, try. And um, I don't care who you are. And, uh, you know, I have people all the time ask me about bow hunting and how do you kill those big old deer and whatnot. And I'm, you know, I, they, I'm just getting started. What do I need to do? And I'm like, well, you know, um, you need to make sure your equipment's right. Make sure you're super comfortable with everything that you have. Make sure you're safe. And then, you know, um, practice makes perfect for me. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me about my bow hunting career and deer hunting. And they're like, you know, how did you start killing these big deer? And I'm like, it started with a four-pointer. And then it went to a button buck and maybe another button buck after that. Maybe another one after that. I'm not real sure. But I bet you the 40 persimmon trees I could take you to right now in Thompson, Georgia. I bet you there's been the first, I shot the first 50 deer that came in bow range. I don't care what they were. And, um, I think those, those lessons take me back to, you know, and prepare me for when a big deer does come in or maybe when that big bird comes in, I'm just, um, you know, definitely get advice from people that's already been there and done that. 
um, that really helps a lot. Uh, and if you got to start on your own, um, you know, that's where this YouTube stuff does come in. You know, um, it really does help. There, anybody can just about Google or YouTube anything out there and it's there. But um, don't set expectations too high for sure. Um, you know, start, start small and then grow and learn because in the outdoors, you'll never learn it all. I don't care. I mean, Fred Bear will tell you right now, he'll, he was learning till the day he went. And that's, you know, I'm going to be, I know, I already know I'm going to be the same way. So. And lastly, and I think I know what you're probably going to go with this, but what are you most thankful for? Uh, God, my Lord and Savior, man. Amen. I mean, that's the, I don't, I mean, there's no question in my brain about that. Um, none of us would be here. Uh, you guys with me and my friends, we wouldn't be sitting here talking without him. And if we don't put him first, then we'll never succeed and we'll never see each other again. You know, I mean, and that's, that's what I want. I want the four of you guys sitting right here in front of me right now. I want to see y'all up there. And, uh, I think God's got a little something for us when we get there. That's I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> it's probably going to be a big old gobbler waiting on me. Go play a big old joke on me. They say, I know you waited on that big old buck 200 inches, Alex, but I got you a big old gobbler tied out down there. Jay, Jay, man, I, hey, I, man. I appreciate you coming on here. We're going to go around the table, man. I appreciate everything. I appreciate you answering the questions and, and, um, I, I will talk again, man. This, this ain't going to be the last time you have, you're on this podcast for sure. So, um, hopefully I see you at Nashville in a couple of weeks at NWTF. I don't know if you're coming up there. Um, yep. Uh, working on that right now. Yep, I'll, I'll be there. Well, if you come, if you are come by the booth and, and uh, chat with us, cause we'll have the podcast yeah, stuff there. Sure. will. appreciate it guys. Thank y'all so much. Marky, what you got before we close this nah, thing it's out? Just, it's funny. You talk about Thompson. I, I grew up hunting in Warren County, so we, we Woo. cut our teeth down there close to you. Yes, so man, uh, that brought back some good memories on my part, hunting with Dad and my grandpa down there in Warren County, so I know exactly where you're at. Hey, that's where I killed my first deer, Warren County. Graduated in Warren County, okay. Broward Academy. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Jay, I've been I've been watching your stuff, you know, with Seek One guys forever, so I'm really looking forward to what you got coming out. I know it's going to be awesome. I know you're going to be hammering. I can't wait to get in them turkey woods, though, me and Nick. Man. We're going to take Alex this year, too. So I'm going to shoot one with my bow, Jay. I'm going to kill my first turkey with a bow. <laughs> I kill a bird, huh? <laughs> well, I'm killing plenty of coyotes to save the, save the turkeys. I'm doing my part. I'm part. doing my part for the turkey population. <laughs> Nicholas, what you got? I'm good, man. I appreciate, it. I appreciate you lining this up. This is a good one. I was, I was excited about this one. Well, you know, as we go down to the end of the night and uh, we go to the final spit of the night, Family, above all, is the root foundation of what Jay Maxwell is. From the days on a dove field with a, ba- with a Daisy BB gun, sitting amongst heroes of his and his dad and uncles, to, ra- to surrounding himself now with like-minded, passionate individuals who desire to do just one thing, if nothing else, be better at what you do tomorrow than what you did today. From guiding his own children through the journey of the outdoors to telling folks how to seek one, Jay's pathway now is headed down the road to home, Back where we all could just enjoy being in the moment, the slowdown, the chances to just be still and feel blessed in what the good Lord has given us. We are all a little better off after hearing and speaking to Jay tonight. From all of us here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to thank Jay Maxwell for being with us, and we want to invite you to come back and be with us again. And remember, smile as you go, but don't forget, mount the memories.